and welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where we crane kick our way through the movies of the 80s that we think we love or might have missed with these, our 2020 eyes, uh, our modern takes, um, looking back to see whether or not the movies hold up. And today we're talking about The Karate Kid, a movie selection from 1984. This is it. This is the end of the line. Tell me. Did I tell you about the pool here? For Daniel LaRusso. Is this the only pool you guys got? The future seemed far from terrific. This place is a dump. You should come back to New Jersey. Hey, I know it's hard, but we're not quitters, are we? Until he met the hey, right girl. She's beautiful. I say she's beautiful. I think she's beautiful. <laughs> That's your address? You got it. But that oh. only angered the wrong guy. <laughs> You know, I was kind of surprised at 9.30. Definitely. You gotta be nuts. And his troubles really began. Then, in one man, he found a teacher. I promise, teach karate. And a friend. Fighting all his best nuts. How did you do that? Oh, no. First time. Power. Whole body. Yeah. Make a perfect picture. How do I know if my picture's the right one? If come from inside of you, always right on. Lesson about the balance, not just karate, lesson for all life. Why drink? So I won't have to fight. Hey, karate kid, let's make a move. Yeah! Points or no points? You're dead meat. I don't have much of a cheering section. You got me. In the end, it will be in Daniel's hands. In his body. And most of all, in his mind. Concentrate, focus, power. Remember, balance. No mercy. Columbia Pictures presents The Karate Kid. Hey, what kind of belt do you have? Canvas. You like it? G.C. Penny, G-19. <laughs> Man alive, they really give you everything you need in the trailers of the 80s. Yeah. They, they are very descriptive of the movie, and they just assume that you're going to see the movie after you learn the entire plot. The entire thing. Um, so I'm Chrissy Lenz, uh, uh, director of NCT Phoenix Improv, comedian for this podcast, and uh, with us, as always, is Nathan. Good evening. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Am I supposed to introduce myself? Yes. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? That's Nathan you. Blackwell, filmmaker um, and a, a apparently sometimes shy person. What? Uh, <laughs> also, voice that you heard is our... Uh, our favorite guest author, Craig Michael Curtis. He's in the top three of the guests, at least. Or top four. <laughs> I made the top 20. Hello, yeah. I'm Craig Michael Curtis, and I'm introducing myself with a plum. Excellent. Excellent work. Um, all right. Karate Kid. I'm going to assume that we all saw this movie 
when we were very young. Oh, yeah. You assume wrong. I did not see this movie when I was young. What? No. no. I, I, I never got around to seeing it, and it just became part of pop culture to the point where I felt like I'd seen it, but I'd never actually seen the movie. All I really needed to do was see the trailer, clearly. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I never... The, the first time I saw it was... Uh, last week. Yeah, what? you know what? I, Mind I, blown. What? I think that it is definitely one of those movies. I mean, there are movies that like like Rambo, um, which we all watched together. Mm. Which I never, I never sat down and watched the movie with my face, but it was so much in pop culture. I feel like I, I knew it right. So I could see this right. being one of those for sure. Um, wow. Wow. Well, that definitely yeah. changes things. Yeah. Uh, this, this movie for me, so uh, I was like, I don't know, eight years old when this came out. This was like everything. This was like the movie of the year, mm. you know, it, mm-hmm. and and so it was it was it was a big deal. And it was a big deal for a lot of people that I knew. And then because of this movie, there was this huge wave of people learning karate. I feel like the fact that we've got karate dojos in strip malls now has a lot to do not solely with this movie per se but i think it has a lot to do from this movie you know yeah yeah um yeah this movie was the thing and it was the thing for the longest time and i think like wax on wax off is so much a part of pop culture still oh, yeah just that- and then mr miyagi himself as as one of the the top movie mentors you know yes oh yes absolutely and he is perfection mm-hmm. Love miyagi um but here's the thing about looking back at these movies is that you forget this is one of those 80s movies where you're like why is this movie a million years long like just give me the part <laughs> Like Danny and his mom are moving from New Jersey to California. And I feel like we had to watch their entire drive. Oh yeah. It uh, watching it. Like I said, watching it for the first time last week, um, I was shocked at how the pacing was in this movie. And like at the beginning, it reminded me a lot of the opening of Mac and me, uh, where it's, It's it's a single mom taking her family cross country to go live in California now, and it's uh-huh. a new fresh start. And the the the, the kid or it, it they're kind of less enthusiastic. And California is just this weird land. Um, mm-hmm. I, I felt like, am I watching Mac and Me now? Because it feels very similar uh, to the opening of that. And I was like, it doesn't. I I I had no idea. It's it, had so much more plot than the karate stuff and i was like get get to the karate kidding yeah he's like you know he's a fish out of water he doesn't want to live in california um but i i love that the mom is so positive she's like the place has a swimming pool this is gonna be amazing like you're gonna love it and he's just like i want to go home (laughs) which is kind of, I felt like, out of character for the rest of it because Daniel LaRusso is a sweet, good kid. He is a likable character. And that's one of the pieces of the movie that was, I think, easiest to 
fall in love with again this time around is like I get why Elizabeth Shue, who is um this sort of like like preppy, rich, fancy, lots of bangs, a lot of blow drying happening in her world. Um, she likes him and it's because he's likable. Like everybody else is kind of like, ew, what do you see in him? He yeah. rides a bike. Gross. Every, every, everyone else is. Maybe is, she's into fungus. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else is the more preppy rich kid. And she's more of the, the affluent girl next door. Like yes. a, a more relatable rich kid. Yes. And she she immediately falls for him. But in every interaction, you get the feeling that, like, I would have fallen for this kid, too, which like we we were talking about the movie Valley Girl and how, like, I get that that character, the Nicolas Cage romantic lead is like, <laughs> I get that you're telling me I'm supposed to fall in love with him, but he never seemed to, like, woo his lady the way that Daniel LaRusso in this movie is just like, he is cute. He's charming. He's funny. He's friendly. He's, you know, everything you would want the cute new boy from the East coast to be. Mm-hmm. Anyway, nobody else <laughs> yeah. other no, than but, Elizabeth. But that, yeah, that's great. And that's, 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 you know, I obviously had a, a different point of view of feeling like Daniel you know, feeling like an outsider, yeah. putting myself into his shoes, you know, um, and, and and just I mean, I, I think every kid growing up feels like the outsider, because even if they do have siblings, even if they do have role models, they still feel like an alien, you know, yeah. and, and this very much is. So I feel like Karate Kid is, was for 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 us kids and things like that kind of our Rocky. Like Rocky was a huge deal, but this was Rocky for kids. It's yeah. so Rocky. It's so yeah. Rocky. And I so mean, it's things. the same director. It's the same director. No, Todd I Adelson. have no idea. Yeah, that makes perfect a, sense. Yeah, but it's it's Rocky for kids, and 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 kids were just as flipped out over this movie as as adults were for Rocky. Um, but it, it's very much kind of the same thing, but twisted into the kid experience of. It, but right not... down to the fact where he has to use his environment, right? Like he has mm-hmm. to use the the ocean and the painting the fence and wax on, wax off. Like yeah, he has the, to use right. real life. The uh, grassroots, <laughs> pull himself up by the bootstraps, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's. But whereas Rocky felt like he had wasted his life, you know, um, he was in a dead end. You know, with Daniel LaRusso, you know, he was a new kid uh, in a in a new town new where he didn't you know, very East Coast now in the West Coast in the Valley, you mm. know, feeling like an outsider, having no friends with and bullies immediately hates him immediately. Like he is subject to the yeah. most intense bullying. Yeah. He- and. and- <laughs> And I don't feel like that's too unrealistic either. Like, I I didn't feel like it was, you know, sometimes you get very ham-fisted twists and like, oh, I don't like you. And it to me, it felt very true to the, the teenage experience, you yeah. know, especially so- when you had like one or two people like him and then like the bullies dislike him and then the guys who liked him don't like him anymore exactly you know? there's a there's an isolation feeling because yeah he makes he makes a friend like Freddy as soon Fernandez, as he moves yeah. in 
And then like, they, oh, let's go to the beach and hang out together. And then, oh, good, I'm making friends already. And then he he actually meets the girl. And then like his his new friend is like, hey, go talk to her. And that's 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 all going well. And then the bully comes and basically humiliates him. And then uh, not only does the the clique of of girls there kind of mock him at that point, but his the, his new friends are like, oh, this guy's a loser. And they disappear from the story entirely from that there on out. Mm-hmm. and yeah. he is now he's isolated he's the new kid he's isolated and he still has the bully the bully's not going to like he did his thing and leave him alone now he's just going to keep picking on him and so he feels then he that that's when he really gets into the whining i really want to go mm-hmm. home yeah, yeah. Because- and it, it's 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 great also because like ralph macchio or daniel LaRusso, he looks like a boy and then all these and then all these bullies and all these other guys, they look like men, you know, even though they're all the same age. You know, they're, they, they are professional level bullies. These are artisanal yeah. bullies like these. And bullies. and they're full on. The, the great the thing I really like about this movie is for the most part, it's very it has a very strong sense of realism. You know, not only with the way it's shot, there's sometimes longer shots. You know, it's not cut to hell like a lot of things are today but you get you kind of feel like you're like these are real people i can't really remember anyone who doesn't feel like a real person even like the mustache twisting um you know cobra kai uh uh, main baddie crease Mm -hmm. he um, uh, when you see that he is flouting his like military record along with all these trophies you immediately immediately sense a character of someone of who this character was you know but so so but those characters are like at a 10 so i think danny is really believable Mm -hmm. his mom is really believable like you know miyagi is wonderful kind of variates between like very dry and like when we first meet mr miyagi like any kid meeting an adult he's very intimidating like Mm -hmm. mr miyagi is not very open to meeting other people like he does have these great beliefs but he's still also kind of shut off like he's not particularly too friendly when he meets daniel he's actually kind of annoyed that anyone is bothering him you know and that feels like the the child experience of adults but it's also you know as we see in other parts of the movie miyagi has these other aspects that that you would not see in a mod like i'm sure you did not see I haven't seen it, but like the the adaptation with Jackie Chan, that they go down that route. Do they? So the the stuff that they have later with Mr. Miyagi that really gives him a more a, a sense of of a full character. And and I think there's one scene in particular that 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 earned him the Oscar nomination that he got for this movie. Yes, and so they do have that in the Jackie Chan version. The mm. the losing of his wife he assembles and re- dis- disassembles and reassembles uh you know classic cars um love all of that uh but the thing about the cobra kai is so symbolic of like what the 80s vibe of everything is because those dudes mm-hmm. are they it was start a at a 10 training academy yeah it, it was yes. it was b 
badass is the most important thing. Only ever. You're not allowed to be anything except always the edgiest person. Like, fear does not exist in this dojo. Mercy does not exist in this dojo. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing about you as a person other than your aggression and your rage is of value. And it's so freaking toxic. It is gross. Mm -hmm. And I hated it. And you know what's great is that this was there was so much of that in 80s action heroes. Yes. You know, so like, much. like you know, um, Schwarzenegger in Commando or like in Rambo. It's like the ultimate muscle man. Yeah. You know, now to be to be fair, Rambo had definitely, you know, sensitivities, you know, but it's so in a lot of ways, Miyagi is such a counter an antidote to the machoism of the 80s and it's and it's delivered in a realistic fashion to her and it's not done as it's not meant to be as kind of like fortune cookies like mr miyagi legit doesn't care about all this machoism you know he believes in in He's you know got nothing like, to prove yeah, so there, there's a line in the movie to where that I never understood as a kid, not really, where it's like, um, you know, if you're on one side of the road or or the other side of the road, you're fine. But if you're in the middle, then you get squished like a grape. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't quite understand that as a kid. But now as an adult, I, I finally understood that, which is if you only go – halfway with something then you can't truly understand it like you you know just enough to be dangerous but you don't actually comprehend the meaning of karate you know you don't it's like daniel for the until the end was in the middle like i'm gonna learn karate to 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 defend myself and to beat people up and to be a badass like that was his goal for most of the movie and Miyagi is saying no. You, you. It's really more about enlightenment, in ba- balance, and defense. You mm-hmm. know, and it, yeah. it it really takes Daniel until the end of the movie to understand that. But if Daniel had not understood that, then he would have been treading in some of the same zone as these Cobra Kai's of just learning just enough karate that you can now use it to beat beat people up. Yeah, I I. You know, one of the things that I like just, you know, where my brain goes is like, what is this guy? You know, we see so much of Miyagi in his life and, you know, he finds a a balance through his relationship with Daniel. And I'm just wondering, like this crease guy, like what is his Mm -hmm. home life like? Is he just always like carbs do not exist in this kitchen? (laughs) (laughs) My toilet paper does not exist in this bathroom. Like. You know, he can't possibly be any fun at parties. Right. And that's Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's all about self-inflation, you know? Yeah. And the, the he is um, terrified of defeat. That's why he can't let go of the fact that Elizabeth Shue broke up with him before mm-hmm. the movie started. And she he sees her talking to another guy. And it's like, this cannot stand. This is like, this guy's defeating me mm-hmm. in taking my old girlfriend. Oh, with Johnny? Yeah. yeah. And it's, Leah, um, it's such a bummer. And I do think, like, there's this alternate reality, right? Where, um, because when they attack 
Danny in like what I remember as being one of the scariest scenes and and Craig with your fresh take you'll have to let me know but when they are all dressed as um skeletons and they're literally attacking him and the the um mm. bully adjacent bullies like the beta bullies are like no mercy I think there's an alternate reality where Miyagi doesn't show up in time and like they kill Daniel and then they all like go to prison you know, uh-huh. it, it becomes like a Stephen King novel to where they keep a secret for 20 years yes, and then yeah. they all go to a cabin and then it all comes out. And yeah, and someone, <laughs> is, someone is picking them but, off yeah. one by one now that they're adults. So, yeah, um, Daniel is getting beaten up and then Miyagi uh, flies in to the rescue. And that confirmed a theory of mine that there is a gray line that you can beat up minors who deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> so he beats the hell out of them <laughs> and none of them are 18 because yeah. the, the all the youth championship is is under 18 yeah <laughs> so he beats the crap out of a bunch of minors and it's it awesome and we we we're all about it when it happens yeah it's yeah. very wish fulfillmenty to have <laughs> uh-huh. the the uh especially as an adult to be able to oh <laughs> I, I am <laughs> I am fully justified to beat up these little kids mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh, and <clears throat> this podcast does not endorse the injury of minors <laughs> unless it's by Pat Marita yeah. uh, so and I thought to you like before this happened, before Danny came into um, uh, Miyagi's life, was he just looking around like, I have all these chores to do. When am I going to find a, a kid who needs mentoring? Because I have got to sand these floors. <laughs> and I, I wax the car and paint the fence. And, and I'm not. Yeah, it's like that. That yeah, so so we're jumping a bit ahead, but yeah, that's another one of the most memorable things is Mr. Miyagi's untraditional training techniques mm-hmm. you know and i feel like the the whole wax on wax off thing that's one of those things that kind of endures i mean craig you tell me you know do you did, did was that what were what were the things from karate kid that you knew before even watching the movie i i knew a lot of it and i had heard of wax on wax off i didn't really catch um what 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 it was about except that i guess it's about training and I guess he waxes a car for training. Uh, but exactly what the context was where it's basically you do it so much that it becomes instinct is yeah. really the muscle point. memory. Yeah. yeah. And so that you're defending yourself with with this instinct that you've been doing it so much that you have to uh, you don't even have to think about it. Um, I think it wouldn't have hurt that he had prefaced that. <laughs> Yeah, but he was also he was also teaching. I think he, I think that would have helped. But I think he was also teaching Daniel to. Daniel was coming in with so much ego too, mm-hmm. you know, so much like a a full, full head of steam that he kind of also needed to learn the lesson of just Patience. do what yeah do what I say and trust me yeah and and he trust kind of needed to Patience. later explode to kind of get put into his place. That was its own lesson. Mm-hmm. In addition. 
And I love it. And and I think all, mm-hmm. every single lesson, me as an adult, you know, as a kid, it just washes over you, you know, because you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody in the whole world is teaching me a lesson. But as an adult <laughs> watching it, it's like, oh, my God, no, the lessons are so meaningful. Like, you know, wax on, wax off. You do a good job. You do it the the right way. You know, you don't give up or stop. And then the most important thing is balance. If your balance is good, everything's good. You know, you look people in the eye. You don't fight just to fight. You, you know, don't fight to defend yourself. You fight for balance, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, I thought all of that held up so nicely. Um, and and even Miyagi um, standing up to the racist jack wagons at the beach um (laughs) was lovely like he uh, and and the well and he has that confrontation with crease too right where they go to the dojo where nothing exists um except meanness uh and Mm -hmm. and feathered bangs meanness will only exist in this dojo (laughs) you yes sensei dojo we wear headbands we have feathered blonde hair and we are mean to each other um i banish you back to the blow dryer (laughs) (laughs) um yeah they have that confrontation between Uh kreese and miyagi where miyagi's like well we'll just go talk to him and we'll like let him Uh know that (laughs) yeah and then me you know who is who is about as as emotionally mature as also Daniel. It's like, oh, that makes my skin crawl. There's no way I could just talk to him. You yeah. know, that's the worst thing ever. And that guy's not having it. There's not. There is no. no moment where he's anything other than like, oh, you come into my dojo to try and talk some sense into the mm-hmm. uh, fact that I'm ruining these children. I, like he wants to beat him up right there. Mm-hmm. Like. Every mm-hmm. yeah, and he does kind of egg Miyagi just a bit into into having to Miyagi realizes that this cannot be resolved by simply talking that right. they're going to have to make some sort of demonstration of, well, uh, of joining the thing too, right? that's balance yeah. he that's the balance is like if you can find mm-hmm. a way to solve it, you solve it, but when you can't, that's why you paint the fence and say on the floor is so that. You know, you can put your um, uh, your waxed cars and painted yeah. fences where your money is. I don't know. I'm trying. Was trying to make a <laughs> weird. <laughs> right. Um, you know, you can but back I, it up and not be a yeah. victim. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but I, I also think that so me, um, Daniel is like, well, dude, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna win this thing. And Miyagi goes like, yeah, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't like matter. as long as you yeah. actually like uh, compete. And earn some degree of respect from these people. They won't bully you ever again. That was you know? one, of, one of the unique things about the movie that I thought, because this is a very, very common, especially in the 80s storyline about the uh, scrappy kid or the scrappy team of kids competing in something against arrogant bullies who are superior at them. But yes. then they overcome everything. And the stakes in this movie are, are kind of weird because throughout – I mean, deep down, you know, he's going to win the tournament at the end. Daniel's going to win the tournament at the end. But um, throughout the movie, Yagi's telling him what's what's important. The only reason you're in this tournament is to prove that you are capable of holding your own. And yeah. don't worry about winning the tournament and the stakes of just compete and do well in this tournament. And that's all you need to do. 
mm-hmm. um, and you don't worry about winning is like a very it's almost like opposite of what an, an, a similar 80s movie would be where, you know, we need to win uh, in order to get the reward so that we can save the the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have a secondary objective that requires winning. And in this case, it was like by the time Daniel was like um uh, we'll getting to the end but by the time it looked like daniel was just going to get um like runner up status by default and it's like you've proven yourself already the only reason you're you're out now is because they kind of cheated but you've already demonstrated what you needed to do mm-hmm. um okay wait so l- can we talk about that piece for a little bit though because so what happens at the tournament is that Daniel's doing so well that before he's even in the final bracket crease is telling the trio of bullies to eliminate themselves from the competition essentially by cheating and destroying like they, they but, kick but basically do Yeah. Doing an illegal move that gets them disqualified, but injures him. So he can't move on. What yeah. is that? Like, what is that? Like, it's like, okay, the, so there's mm-hmm. no mercy. There's uh, no nothing except, you know, cheat. Well, he, he treats them. He, he thinks of them as soldiers. And and he is ordering one of them to to make a sacrifice for the war, you know. And right. you see so it in their eyes, like the um, you know, the kid like Johnny is like, what? They're yeah, they're like, oh, this is not what I signed up for. But they're so yeah. brainwashed that they're yeah. like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I'm going. Well, yeah, it, it's you've got basically they they've got their own father figure, which is Crease, and. They, you know, they they are bullies, but yet you also see the real people behind them not wanting to do what Kree says when he he raises up the stakes, yeah, and 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 the the level of of you know commitment of of what he believes, and that but yet, and I think this is realistic. They ultimately end up doing what he says because they feel pressured by this adult. That's what I like is that, um, yeah, the the other bullies, it's not like they're all indoctrinated into the bully philosophy of the dojo master. I don't even know his name, but um, they are. Crease. So, Crease. Well, Crease is the head bully, but I'm no, not. No, no, that's Johnny. That's Johnny. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. Uh, the, um, uh, but it's, they're, they're not indoctrinated into his uh, no mercy thing as much as they are parroting what he says and obeying him because they're afraid of him. And yeah. um, that kind of mindset. Even though he of, clearly told them not to be. Yeah. Right? There's no mm-hmm. fear in this dojo unless it is of me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Do as I say that. But yeah, it's these, this beta bully um, macho-ness that is the ultimate, I, I think the ultimate uh, antagonist in this. You can see, you can kind of relate to the 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 other kids desperately trying to they're just trying to learn karate and be badasses but now they have Mm -hmm. to get trained into basically being these uh suicide soldiers who have to uh sacrifice their honor i like i can compete and i can win fairly but instead i've been instructed to cripple this kid and get disqualified and basically get booed yeah and then the kid who does that who, who does injure his leg uh, as soon as he does it, he starts apologizing to Daniel, who's like yeah. writhing on the ground in pain. Exactly. He's not but like I think, 
also you get a little bit of of how deep this toxicity goes in their lives when you meet the country club parents like elizabeth shoes parents are like out of a catalog like right mm-hmm. down to the sweaters over draped over their shoulders encino's and, finest yes <laughs> and they um oh my god the most wonderful scene which i completely blocked out of my memory and was so happy to re-experience was when uh, <laughs> daniel and his mom go pick up elizabeth's shoe to go to the golf and stuff and like they have to push the car <laughs> and, yeah and to start uh, it Oh my god! And I, I just like literally could not think of something more humiliating. Oh uh, yeah, that was so good. And I love that the mom's just like, "This is how we handle it when we're humiliated. Like we mm-hmm. smile, we, we, I, you know." I really home. like the mom character in here. Oh, me too. I felt bad for her because about two thirds of the way through the movie she just completely disappears there's even a point where it's like daniel's birthday a couple days before the tournament (laughs) and he's spending it with mr miyagi and then mr miyagi says something about like uh it would be nice if your mom was here and he's like oh yeah i forgot my mom and i was like so did the movie and then he was like he starts to run off and then miyagi like gives him one of his cars and he was about to go talk to his mom for his birthday, but then he got a new car. And so instead of going to see his mom, <laughs> yep. he starts cruising. Yeah. Uh, yep. Which is uh-huh. like, oh, he forgot his mom again. And she shows yeah. up at the end of the movie as like a, a fan, a spectator. But she well, just kind of disappears. So, in the, so and I was like. I wondered that too. I was like, when at the tournament, when Elizabeth Shue and um, Miyagi are the only people who are there, like behind the scenes with Daniel, I was like, why didn't his mom come to his karate tournament? And and my fourteen year old was like, no, she's there. She just she's on, in the audience. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Um, but so when you meet the parents so- at the country club, what you see of them, and especially in Elizabeth Shue's life, is that Johnny's at the co- country club too. Um, Danny, he. Uh, uh, basically assaults her you know the parents force her to dance with johnny uh even though she's clearly said she does not want to he like kisses her even though she does not want him to and makes it very clear that uh so she slaps him standing up for herself and her own right to not be uh you know mauled by this idiot and her parents are like oh my goodness they apologize yeah they're like they're 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 huddled around johnny like are you okay johnny i'm sorry he she hit you (laughs) you should be allowed to force yourself on her whenever we're sorry we don't know where she learned that she should have rights ah the 80s so i I, i'm curious Uh, so chrissy what did your kids think of cry kid did they watch the whole thing yes have you seen it before uh, they love it. So when Zoe Zoe was just at the right age for the Jackie Chan, Jaden Smith version of Karate Kid, and she loved it. She and it's good. It's actually really good. Um, mm. In that version, he moved. They moved to Japan um, to for the mom's job, and so he's you know this young American kid who's living in Japan. Um, uh, so it's different enough. And it's the same enough to be really, really good. So she loved that one and um, then wanted more. So we went back to the older ones. She's seen all of the Karate Kid movies uh, except for the Hilary Swank one. And she is really into Cobra Kai. Mm. The series. Mm-hmm. 
she loves it. And so she, yeah, she, she suggested that we watch karate kid. Um, I was like, oh, I got to watch Karate Kid eventually. She's like, let's watch it now. I want to watch it. And then we'll watch Cobra Kai <laughs> together. And it'll be so fun. Um, she loves it. And and she gets it. Uh, my son likes it too. But he's still a little bit more at the age where he's like just into the people kicking each other. <laughs> Get to the karate. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so, Craig, this being your first time, what did you think of the movie as a whole? Well, like I said, it wasn't a movie that was completely unknown to me. It was like I, it's been, I've been immersed in the culture of it being in the culture. So I knew the premise. I knew the plot. And it wasn't like a unique plot, to be sure. It was one that you see a lot. You see it whether it's a youth hockey team basically going through the same thing. Um, so I wasn't like... Yeah, it's a sports surprised. movie. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's one it's like the first generation of that kind of sports movie. It's it's in the same era as Rocky, which yeah. like you said, it's basically Rocky for kids. Um so I didn't go in with any surprises. I went in with expectations that were met. Um yeah. it, obviously there were a lot of points that were like very 80s and very like meant for the 80s culture that weren't necessarily Oh, I probably would have been more appealing to me as a kid than as an adult. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's a couple of times when it is, yeah, the eighties culture, like for example, uh, Johnny kind of forcing, forcing his tongue down the throat of Elizabeth shoe Mm -hmm. just to, and he's basically doing, he knows he doesn't have a chance anymore, but he sees uh, Daniel, like in the kitchen watching. So it's like, oh, I'm just going to like screw with him. And so that's like he's basically Frenching Daniel at this point. Um, <laughs> and uh, that and and then like her parents basically taking his side afterwards is like such a ridiculous concept from the 80s. There, the other thing I thought um, that felt a tinge of 80s was the... Um, material reward of mr miyagi giving him a car Mm. uh uh i mean it was a sweet moment and it was sort of a bonding moment uh but it felt like since it's the 80s we need to show daniel benefiting materially from his training and his loyalty to mr miyagi because all he gets at the end of the movie is a trophy uh and can we talk about the end of the movie just a little thing because like so what happens is the, the karate, 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 crane kick, and then the movie straight up just ends. Just like Rocky. That's how Rocky right? movies would end. Mm-hmm. He would win triumphant music, freeze frame, and then credit. we're done. Like There's there was no, no denouement. epilogue of any kind. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. That, that's how those 80 movies went. It was just like once the big me. battle is won, once the big battle is won, uh, as far as we're concerned, the movie is over. We don't need a resolution. We don't need to, uh, we barely need to see him like giving a, a meaningful nod to Mr. Miyagi and hugging his girlfriend. Uh, but we don't need to say anything. We don't need, we don't to, need to know like, anything mm-hmm. that happens afterwards. What? Like that was bizarre. I, and I completely did not remember it being that way. I guess because there are so many sequels that you mm-hmm. eventually get, you eventually get yeah. to see what happened next. But I, I completely did not realize that this movie is just like, boop. That's it's a two-hour movie. That's a, that's a sport. That's that's yeah. the sports movie 
um trope or or not trope yeah. but 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 that's basically out of the the classic ending of the sports movie is that you end on that high that ultimate yeah. high yeah like uh, the first three rocky movies end exactly the same way uh the fourth one ends with like a speech about you know the US and the Soviet Union being friends but the other ones <laughs> are all like yeah it's it's the athletes they want to live forever in that moment of triumph and therefore the movie will end in Oh, exactly mm-hmm. in that moment of triumph. Yeah. But it, it's interesting. Oh, it doesn't end on a freeze frame of of uh, Daniel being joyous. It ends on a freeze frame of Mr. Miyagi and his approval. Yeah. You know, it's the approval of the surrogate father. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Yeah. And I just thought that was so weird. And like I said, we get we find out <laughs> what happened afterwards, which is that Kreese is so mad at Johnny for coming in second place that he basically, like, literally almost murders him. Yeah, in the yeah. parking lot. Yeah, yeah, it tears up the the, the trophy, and, and he, then you've yeah, got when Johnny has the the balls to be like, "I came in second place. That's not a bad thing." And he's like, "You're disgusting. Like second place is is the the worst thing you could be." I, I meanwhile, mm-hmm. there are other people at this dojo. Like the guy who came in fourth <laughs> is like, "Okay, thanks." No. <laughs> Yeah, he's well, living. Yeah, but he lost on purpose, so he doesn't get beat up in the parking lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it was, and it was weird. So it is a long movie with zero resolution. <laughs> so <laughs> so weird. Um, and I love, but I love too that at the tournament, um, Elizabeth Shue is the only one who knows how the tournament works. Like, we're lucky that yeah. she dated Johnny before this. And had to go to some of his tournaments, I guess. <laughs> I was I was surprised uh-huh. when, um, like, when they were registering for the tournament and uh, they say, "Okay, what belt are you?" And Miyagi's like, "Uh, does it matter? What's the point of that?" Said, well, you know, we need to record it. Oh, then he is a black belt, mm-hmm. and then he like like secretly hands Elizabeth Shue his black belt. Uh, they steal like, it so that he has proof, or and and yeah, he hands it to Elizabeth Shue, and then I thought, well, she's going to sneak into the locker room to give Daniel the black belt. No, he doesn't. He could have kept the, that that belt because he doesn't put on the belt until later on when they're both there. Mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be this whole caper about Elizabeth Shue sneaking into the boys' ro- locker room to mm-hmm. get Daniel the black belt so he doesn't get disqualified for not actually having a black belt. Yeah. Uh, that was one of those plot points that didn't really. It felt like they almost. Maybe that got cut for time, but it felt yeah. like there was going to be a whole thing uh, that it just didn't go anywhere. And mm-hmm. I was a little I was expecting it and it didn't happen. So I guess I was surprised, and- but not disappointed that they didn't have a whole uh, sneaking through the locker room scene with Elizabeth Shue because that would have uh, dragged it out even more. So what did you think, Craig, of the whole like crane kick situation? Like that's obviously an on an iconic um, yes. Moment. Thought, but it, it just like boop, it happens and then it's done. Exactly. It was like I guess it was it was foreshadowed before. It was like, okay, here's mm-hmm. the one move. It's an unbeatable move if you do it right. And so it's clearly the Chekhov's crane kick of uh the movie. <laughs> That's how the movie's going to be won. Uh so it was not at all unexpected. I was surprised at how I thought that was going to be kind of be the center piece of the training was that you need to do all of this to learn this one special move, this unbeatable move. And that's the only way you can win mm-hmm. uh, because this guy's just, he's stronger. He's faster. You just line people up and just keep doing that kick. <laughs> Get him in the hallway. You only need one leg to do it. Um, 
but it is like I think it is like really like because you have to make yourself vulnerable to do this move like you have to like basically be defenseless except for one foot you know uh so it is a risky move that I think someone from Cobra Kai would never bother to learn that move because it, it is vulnerable um and isn't that the point of everything so we I do want to talk a little bit about Cobra Kai the tv show the series um yeah so originally, it's season one and two were both um, on YouTube Red. Yes. And so YouTube was a uh, a very small studio. And you can kind of sense that with the first season that the budget was a bit lower than the second one because mm-hmm. it was kind of a big hit. Yeah. And I love, love, love the idea of it. Like, And it's such a mm-hmm. such a thing that only something like a very low budget internet only movie studio would be to be like, hey, like, let's call up this guy and like they're not doing anything. Let's get them on the horn and see if they want to like revisit these two characters as adults. I I love it. I'm all for it. Like I want to I, I want to send a list of all the shows where I would like to revisit the characters as adults. Goonies, what are they up to? Um, you <laughs> where know, are they now? Yeah. Show me what they're What are they eating? Like as adults. Um, yeah, I, I joked it's like, oh I love Crocodile Dundee. I'd I'd watch just a movie of him like eating dinner with his family. That's basically what I got with Crocodile Dundee three. <laughs> yeah well and that's what you get with cobra kai like you get that like danny larusso has he has a successful life he has everything he wants and needs but he's still struggling to be um a good parent in the opposite way of was like how do i how do i parent in you know a, a world of abundance where my kids want for nothing um mm-hmm. you know which is i thought was like a really interesting twist um and then you know you've got johnny the bad guy who's like basically his life is garbage and he's still so filled with that toxicity that he can't escape it. The, the, the thing that I was struck by was that Johnny is sort of the quintessential peaks in high school character in general. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, I sense that in the, the original movie and it gets played up in the series the idea that basically things were going great for him and then he lost this tournament. He came second in this tournament and from then on his life completely fell apart. Yeah. Uh, and he had and, to have had means like he was a member of the country club. The, the, the parents. Yeah. Exactly. His, 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 his mom married rich. Like yeah. his dad died um, just like uh, Daniels did. And so they both were kind of searching for that surrogate father but yeah, his his mom married rich, um, and so they suddenly had like this affluence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my my I guess my only gripe with Cobra Kai, and, and and this gets better in the second season, which I haven't finished yet, but I'm about halfway through, is that you know it's like Karate Kid was aimed for the kids of the '80s, but it was done by adults who didn't like kid movies. And so it had kind of a, a degree of realism to it, you know, which I think a lot of eighties movies kind of did at least for kids, you know, but with a karate with the season one of Cobra Kai, it's very much in the template of like a Disney show, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, you've got um, the characters, at least at the beginning are, are very exaggerated um and you know you've got the the the, uh, the teenage characters are kind of insufferable 
<laughs> and, uh-huh. and, and and it happens at least three times to where one person walks in at the end of a scene, misinterprets what's going on and gets really pissed. And now that's another fire that has to be kind of put out over yeah. a couple of, of episodes. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, you know, I, I love seeing the characters, but I also did kind of great on me personally was the kind of like Disney yeah. TV show soap opera, which, you know, with, with season two, um, a lot, a lot of that. I mean, the characters are still the characters, but a lot of that is still is not as prevalent for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a little more of of seeing these people as people, and and that's what I want. I want to see them as people. Like, I don't want these contrived realities. I want to see this toxic weirdo try struggle. You know, struggle to like mm-hmm. even get out from under crease again. You know. And, and I want to see Daniel struggle being the positive person that he always was to, you know, not everything happens easy, even if you have everything you want. Like, there's still there's still struggles. You know, you never spike the ball. You never crane kick in the movie ends. Like, you, you still have to figure things out, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, as abruptly as the movie ends with the moment of triumph um, and like with the way Cobra Kai starts, Danny's uh, life is perfect. He has the perfect family. He has a car, the best car dealership in the Valley. And he is like a minor celebrity and just like everything's, so, everything's to come together for though. him. Why does the whole entire city of Los Angeles know or care about? Yes. Well, the, like, val- right? the Valley is really kind what? of separate from Los Angeles to but be fair. So like everyone's like what is yeah. what is with his whole crane kick bonsai thing oh it's hey. because of a karate tournament that happened 30 well, you have years to, ago in, in remember 1984. the 1984 karate tournament uh everyone remembers that yeah he's still hanging on to that but oh my god it was so weird they made a movie about it for god's sake <laughs> yeah sorry craig i just had to point that out i'm like who cares uh-huh. like that was that was basically my point too that somehow this this under 18 karate tournament <laughs> 30 years ago completely made him as a person and as a celebrity here and it destroyed the other it destroyed johnny uh-huh. like they went completely opposite directions and then for 30 years it was like out of a disney movie how one's life went so great the other's life went so terrible and then now it's like someone turned off the disney switch eventually so that you it just powered down and then it was like oh suddenly the great life has complications and then yeah. suddenly the terrible life he's kind of coming out of it uh it's just like but they for the last 30 years they've kind of been living in this sort of disney karma uh yeah. where the, the hero gets rewarded for 30 years and the villain gets punished for 30 years yeah. and now let's see what happens when we turn the switch off mm-hmm. um, and to be fair it's the valley <laughs> yeah they're just weird but i i do i do love it as a possibility to be like let's let's re let's see what happens next let's really mm-hmm. tell a long form story about um these characters um yeah. so uh just for karate kid the movie scale of you know one bonsai tree to t- oh wait there's one it's, i just have it's to bonsai with an s bonsai. yeah um, bonsai so is a, a, a bonsai there's a moment <laughs> When they're on the Halloween thing where Johnny's in the bathroom rolling a joint, right? In the, in the, in the stall. 
I uh-huh. just and he gets interrupted. Of course, he doesn't get to, to smoke his drugs. But what would Mellow High Cobra Kai be? <laughs> what are those dudes like when they are chilled the fuck out? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I if, wanted if, to see it. it yeah, if uh, if Daniel had waited for his prank, uh, like a, a you know, 10, 15 minutes later. You might have been, oh, that was so hilarious, man. You're pretty cool. We should be friends. Yep. <laughs> Instead, yep, he gets beaten to within an inch of his life. So, yep. Okay. So, one, uh, you know, one uh, wax on uh, to 10 wax offs. Um, ooh, that's not a good way to phrase things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, how do you rate this movie? Craig, Craig, let's start with you since you're freshest. Okay. Um, since I was seeing it, seeing it for the first time as an adult, but perceiving it uh, all my life in a secondary nature, I guess I did have a different perspective, and I didn't have the um, backup of nostalgia to make mm-hmm. me um, uh, have the same fond memories. I think you two did. Mm-hmm. So as a result, it felt like it felt largely. Um, to be a by-the-numbers 80s movie to me. Uh, not bad. It was well-executed for what it was, uh, but I didn't have the the shoring-up support of mm. uh, having the nostalgia. So I would give it a six bonsai trees out of ten. Wow. wow. Okay, okay. Um, what about you, Nathan? Um, I'm going to give it uh, an 8.5 because Craig is wrong and should always be unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I just I just think it's as as again, as the kid Rocky, I just think that, you know, it's it's not flawless, but I think it it really works, you know, in terms of. Yeah. And um, and maybe. There's certainly, you know, I concede that I'm sure a lot of nostalgia is is working for me as well. But I, yeah, I just think structurally, other than um, maybe kind of a slow start, that a lot of it just really works. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like um, how well the characters are handled, how well um, the philosophy of what Mr. Miyagi is trying to push uh, is handled, you know. Yeah. Um, I like the, some of the complications of the characters. Uh, yeah. And so that's, that's what I've said. I I think you, I'm, I'm with you for once. Like, yeah. 8.5. I for think once. Are, right. <laughs> we almost never agree. <laughs> um, it, because I do think it holds up in all of the ways that looking back at these movies forces us to, to ask ourselves, you know, it, it is rewatchable. It is still meaningful. And, it holds up without the nostalgia factor, I think, um, because my kids like it, you know, and they not only like it, they they want Cobra Kai. They want to know what's going to happen to mm-hmm. Danny and, and Johnny. Um, uh, so I think that it hits all of the buttons. And the only reason I wouldn't score it higher is because it's too long and there are parts of it that we can't. <laughs> it's under two hours. It's- the only problem, the only, it's only flaw is that it's too long and boring. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's long, it's boring parts. Um, 
and there are like you know little plot holes here and there that that are i'm just like ugh. um i was wondering what happened to the old lady who is from new jersey i thought she was going to be a character in the movie at the beginning and then nope. she's never heard from again it was like yep. uh, i lost threads or the so, or right. the friend he just met like so you wanted he the, the movie shorter back. but you wanted more of the old lady <laughs> yeah. well, um so uh, some fun facts um uh uh miyagi uh the actor pat morita uh designed the bonsai logo he designed it um mm. And Elizabeth Shue uh, was at Harvard, and she was like, I oh, will take a break from Harvard to be in your karate movie as the girlfriend. Uh, this movie came in number four uh, overall for 1984. Um, so it beat, it's beat all the other movies that we've done. Uh, Ghostbusters is number one, Temple of Doom, and then Gremlins and Karate Kid. Uh, Romancing the Stone came in number 10 that year. Uh, Red Dawn, number 19. And Friday the 13th, number 22. Um, what a year. <laughs> so what is 84. your deep cut recommendation based on Karate Kid? And like knowing that it can't be Cobra Kai, this is a deep cut, not an obvious. Uh, well, I, I can't, I can't go. I, my honest, re, uh, my honest recommendation would be, and it's not deep, very deep, um, is this, is, is the second Karate Kid. Oh. <laughs> You I can't name a sequel. Listen, you're a guest in this house. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it literally picks up right after. So, it, it, you really, honestly, like, if you're in, if you'd love the Karate Kid, there's three directions you could go from. You could go to. It's Cobra Kai. It's Karate Kid Two. Or it's most likely not the the Jaden Smith Karate Kid. Most likely, you went the other way, or you started there, and then you discovered the original karate kid Mm -hmm. so you know i feel like i i remember it's been a while since i've seen the karate kid too but i remember it holding up i could be wrong but what i really liked about it was that it focused a lot not on daniel but on mr miyagi Mm. and kind of understanding him and his home life and realizing that he came from kind of a, a he came from okinawa uh and he came from basically a village of uh, that he's faced similar kind of pressures and bullies like Daniel did. And now as a, as an older man, having to kind of reconcile um, a lot of those relationships. Mm. Okay. So um, what about for you, Craig? Well, I didn't know sequels would be a thing. Maybe I should just recommend Karate Kid 3 then. Uh, <laughs> Craig's, Craig's <laughs> greatest and final appearance on the most excellent Bridges burned. Yes. Uh, normally, what I try to do with my recommendation, my deep cut, deep cut recommendation, is to find an aspect of the movie that struck me um, personally and try and go off of that rather than going off of something similar. The mm-hmm. thing, the the aspect that I really connected with in this movie was uh, in the beginning the isolation Daniel felt being the new kid in town. Um, and basically starting to make friends and then losing them, uh, starting to flirt with the girl and then getting humiliated in front of her and then having a bully on you and then just feeling that alienation, like you don't belong here and you need to go home, you need to get away, and there's just nothing for you here. So I was trying to think of something 
that could put that was that would be profound. There's like, is there like something from Socrates or uh, Emily Dickinson or something that I can recommend? And I, no, no one's going to read that stuff. So instead, my recommendation is going to be um, Chuck Norris facts. <laughs> go back and read some chuck norris facts again and that will make you smile and vaguely oh, man, think of the karate were, kid those were fun those were fun times yeah. we were so innocent can't wait to have then. you back on the show yeah um, redeemed <laughs> i love that um so there's one thing i forgot to point out in this movie too and that wonderful iconic uh he's dressed as a shower um, costume dance that the school has everyone is really committed to their costumes and I wish that were true like I wish that you could throw a costume dance for high school kids and that everyone would wear a costume um, that is a piece of the world that I, I really truly wished existed so I'm going to recommend I guess sticking with that feeling of um, the the very serious class divides and such and i'm going to recommend the outsiders which is an 80s movie that mm. we have somehow mm. not done um which is so good uh and uh ralph macchio plays one of the uh main characters in it um and his his character in it is so lovable and important and of course everybody's in this movie it's patrick swayze uh, Tom Cruise's first movie, Emilio Estevez is in it. Like literally everybody is in this movie. Um, and if you haven't seen it, you should. It's very much about the, you know, the greasers and the socias and how they can't have their Romeo and Juliet relationship um, and the prices that come with it. So that's my recommendation. Okay. Um, where, Craig, can people find all of your uh, various novels and sundries? Okay. Well, you can see uh, any of my novels on Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com. If you have any uh, interest in learning more about me and my writing, um, I have a Facebook page and uh, Craig Michael Curtis and also CraigMichaelCurtis.com is my webpage. Excellent. Uh, and for you, uh, Mr. Blackwell. Oh, uh, squishystudios.com is apparently where I put my stuff. The, uh, the Our most recent project is uh, still uh, Star Saga, which we just finished um, pre-pandemic. Uh, but uh, we've been working on a scripted radio series, which uh, we'll probably be uh, releasing in a few months. And that'll probably be on its own uh, podcast channel. Uh, we'll definitely let people know when it's available um, and uh, we'll put also put up on our, our Squishy Studios website and our Facebook. Yay! I'm very excited for that. Um, uh, you can find me at nctphoenix.com, uh, and you can find more information about this episode and episode post at mostexcellentpod.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Like, rate, review, thumbs up star all of those things i know it's like you hear this at the end of every single podcast that you ever listen to if you make it that far and it's like one of those things you intend to do one day um, <laughs> and like never get around to but for a little podcast like ours and it really does make all of the difference between um people finding us so do take the time if you can we appreciate you and hey while you're out there finding the time to like and rate and review podcasts Remember to keep the most excellent 80s movies podcast motto in mind. Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Party on, dudes. Party on, dudes.
Get him a body bag! Yay! <laughs>